KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Kicking off today's show is matchmaker, dating coach, and author, Julia Bendis. She's going to talk about her business, Matched by Julia, her new book, and how her traditional approach to dating has brought love to so many people's lives. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me on again. Again. Well, I looked, you know, it was 2014. Right. Oh, wow. That was, well, it seems like it was just last year. Doesn't it? I know. Time flies. Thank you. So how are you doing? I always like to ask people, how are you doing right now, considering what's going on? We're in this pandemic. We're in Orange County. The numbers are so high here. Yeah, our numbers are outrageous. I am shocked that we haven't been shut down yet completely. Um, It's tough because it feels like it's second time around. Yeah. So it's personally, professionally, it's not easy. It's, it's been tough. Uh, Business-wise, I think people have been uh, very cautious and worried and going through this the second time around now that everything is kind of, uh, you know, even worse than the first time, the first outbreak we had or sure. restrained, first whatever wave. you call it. Yeah. Right the wave. So mm-hmm. it's been tough. I mean, it's tough on everyone. It's tough on relationships. It's tough on the children. It's tough on single people. Everybody. So, so yeah. yeah, but hopefully we'll get through it. Hopefully. I hope so. You know, I, I think about, I can't even imagine what it must be like to be dating right now, because here I know when I go out on my morning walks and everybody's got their masks on, and sunglasses. And so like, how do you make that human contact? So to be single and dating during COVID when everybody's so cautious, it's crazy. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because uh, having been married for so long, I find, you know, not finally, uh, (laughs) but I I tell my husband, listen, if I had to be single right now, I wouldn't leave my house. Right. I am so cautious and I'm a hypochondriac as it is, you know, it's just (laughs) the way I am, my nature and my culture, I think. But now even more so I'm questioning everything. I'm questioning everyone. I stay away from people, from dogs, from pets, from animals, from everything. So I can't imagine what single people have to go through right now because before when you meet someone, you have to just be cautious not to get raped. You know, not to get scammed, not to get, yeah. you know, just, just everything fill in the blank. Right. It's like a but mad now, lib. <laughs> on top of all of that, you have to make sure that you don't get COVID. So yeah. I always tell people and I have people going on dates because they want to, they need that human connection, but they're being safe. They're wearing a mask. They're being outside outdoors. And there's a lot of day dates where before I didn't like dates because I don't think it's romantic. I don't really do lunch dates, but now if you want to be outside and it's cold out at night, you're doing day dates. You're going to the beach for the picnic. Exactly. So you just, you have to be safe. And there's a lot of talking beforehand, Mm -hmm. which I'm always encouraging people to communicate because we don't do that anymore. So I'm encouraging people to talk on the phone as much as possible and do this, do video. I was going to say, I would rather do this if I was potentially going to date somebody um, above anything else. And then it's like an initial screening. I think everybody's doing this. It's yeah, that's huge. Yeah. It's absolutely huge. And that's what I encourage people to do. I set up zoom calls all the time. And it's, 
you know, I've had in the beginning of this pandemic, I've had people even sending food to each other. It was like a surprise, you know, hey, tell me your favorite foods. And then they'll mm-hmm. surprise them with dinner. And then they'll sit and they'll eat together and have a conversation. So that was fun. But okay. I think people started getting tired of sure. that. So yeah. they started to venture out more. I mean, I talk about this all the time. I've had people that were going to each other's homes and cooking each other dinner on the first mm-hmm. date, which normally we would never do that in normal right. times. And I feel right. like a lot of those rules went out the window, which is wrong. Yeah. So I have to always kind of reel people back and say, would you do this in normal times? Would mm-hmm. you go to this house? Would you go, you know? So it's, it's been tough. It's definitely not easy. See, you have an ebook to write about dating in the time of COVID. Oh, that's a good name. That's a good name. I've been seeing that around. I'm sure somebody has already taken it, but the stories I have from that, I, it's just, you know, and then they tell they're upset and they're calling crying because it didn't work out because she went to his house and they slept together in the first date. And, and then it just didn't work out. What were you really? expecting? Really? <laughs> I mean, rarely do those things work out. And if they do, yeah. great. But I mean, you're yeah. going into it with already have done it all. It's just, there's no mystery. And exactly. On top of safety. I mean, so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's my, well, it's not new. I keep saying my new book, but it's, it came out right around when the COVID started. So all the book readings, all the book signings, you know, everything has to be put on hold, which is tough. It's really tough. So. Well, have you done any online? Have you gotten into any events online when when the book came out? It was hard. I've been doing a lot of things online. I mean, (laughs) everything's been online. So um, it's, you know, it's not the same, obviously it's not the same, but but you do what you have to do, right? I know. I had lots of events canceled too in March, you know, I expected to be doing live events and this and that. And all of a sudden it's like, this has been put on hold and then this has been permanently canceled and sorry. Right. That's <laughs> not fun. That's yeah. that, that's the hardest part about things that you have to do in person. You know, like they just, I, I love meeting with people. Uh, I love meeting with other immigrants because my book is really about being an immigrant and other immigrants would email me and come up to me and just, just say, you know, I relate so much. So I miss that. I miss that human interaction. Mm-hmm. I miss meeting my clients in person. And once in a while I will, we just have to find a place outdoors, outside, be safe. And sure. it's not the same having a mask on and trying mm-hmm. to have a conversation with someone. So right. it's not easy, but we'll get through it. I, I mean, agree. with no choice, right? Let's talk about your book. How long was it that you wanted to write this book? Wow. So uh, this has been in the making for it's called No Smiling Aloud, Growing Up Soviet Russia and Other Funny Stories from a Jewish Immigrant. Um, It's such a long title, but it's exactly what I wanted to say because it is, it's funny stories. It's it's sad, but they're funny because that's where the humor comes from, right? It's from misery. Yes. So I started writing down stories about my family and just crazy hysterical things that were happening 
probably about 15 years ago, maybe even longer, just little stories that I didn't think they were funny. To me, you know, it was just out of misery. And people started reading them and they were laughing and they're saying, this is hysterical. I'm thinking, what is so funny about, <laughs> you know, what we went through, you know, the, the bullying in school and trying to assimilate and not being accepted and right. being the, one of the first Russian families here. We didn't know how to navigate freeways. My parents didn't even know what a check from an employer is. They kept waiting for it to turn into cash somehow. They didn't understand why their employer did not give them cash because in Soviet Russia, in Soviet Union, that's how you got paid. You got paid in cash. Yeah. So they'd give them a check and my mom would go, what, what is this? What, 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 what do I do with it? They're like, go put it in your bank. What? Why? Yeah. You didn't put things in the bank in Soviet Russia. You didn't trust the bank. You, you didn't, you really didn't have a bank account. Mm -hmm. Uh, but so, yeah, it, it was a very long coming wow. funny stories that, you know, like I said, I didn't think they were funny, but apparently they are. <laughs> Maybe because you, when you wrote them, you weren't trying to be funny because it's like stand up when, when somebody says something in deadpan and it's, it's funny, right. but you're not laughing and you're not, you're just telling it and it's so real. It's funny. Well, and, and I love telling stories. I, I just love my stories never have an ending. And uh, my kids are kind of the same way. And then we're always like, okay, get to the point. But this is just how we tell stories. It just the little story becomes a big story. Mm -hmm. So I try to keep them short, concise, you know, one to two pages maximum per story. Uh, but it's that that's it. That's exactly what it is. You know, it was my life, my parents life, my brother's life, and any immigrant really but it turned out to be that other people can relate it wasn't just russian immigrants that could relate to navigating a foreign land any immigrant so and i decided in 2016 that you know that year because of election because of everything that happened because of all the division we need this more than ever yeah. because people are afraid of others that are different immigrants minorities so that was that's good what did it feel like when you were finally done with the book? Like, I know you probably, did you show it to a lot of people or were you like not ready yet? Or what was it like? Uh, well, I showed it to my close family. Obviously, my husband was very, very supportive. For, he was pushing me to write it forever. Uh, my kids heard it so many times while I was I writing that they're like, oh, I can't. My, my, my son, my oldest, actually helped me with the audiobook. So oh, he good. got to listen to each chapter. And by the time he finished, he was like, I think I've heard each story about 10 times now. <laughs> and I'm like, no, but listen to it again. Just make sure I didn't mess up. And in <laughs> fact, I had bloopers of when I was recording it. Excellent. I, it, it became, and we're working on the bloopers video. Oh, audio. But he was just, um, so I showed it to just family members. My dad, I still have a voicemail from him when he finally called me back after reading the book. And he just basically said, okay, well, you finished your book. Okay, good. Okay, yes. Uh, your book is good, good, good. Okay, gotta go, bye. So <laughs> wow. You're not very emotional. Maybe that was a compliment because he didn't rip it apart. Right. I think he was afraid to say anything because in it, you know, I do 
I don't want to say I make fun of him, but yeah. my dad is funny. My dad does crazy things. Both of my parents do, but my dad turned out to be, you know, the, the key person in the book because there's a whole chapter of him of funny Vlad's adventures. Mm-hmm. So it, w- it was really funny to see people's reactions because some people were laughing hysterically. Other, people's were a- other people were actually in tears because it reminded them of their relatives coming here right. from foreign lands, yes. you know, their grandparents or parents. Yes. So it was a very mixed and interesting reactions. People thought they were funny, but at the same time, you know, this, this isn't funny. <laughs> this is <a> struggle. <laughs> Wait, were you trying to write a touching book or a funny book or you didn't, you weren't quite sure? It, it turned out funny. It turned yeah. out to be more of kind of bringing the, the, you know, out of misery, bringing out this this interesting story, and I I think when I saw that a lot of these stories were just you know people cracking up about, then I I realized yeah it's got to be a funny book, yes because there's nothing funny there's nothing interesting about just writing misery misery and misery. There's been so much negativity in this world. I know. I wanted to bring a little bit of light. That's good. We need that laughter. Yeah. Right. Right. Plus, I think. When people write from a point of this happened to me and that, and it becomes like, woe is me. And it's, it's a drag to read, you know? It is. It really is. And there's so many comedy books that, uh, not comedy books, but for example, I started reading Joan Rivers book, one of her books, and I couldn't finish it. I really could not. And I love Joan Rivers. I, mm-hmm. She was such a funny person. So sure. good. But her books were just literally going off on people. I hate you and I hate you and you did this to me and you did that to me. I couldn't get through. That's too stabbing and assaulting. Yeah, for me. Yeah. It wasn't funny and it was supposed to be a comedy book. And I'm thinking, no, 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 this, 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 this needs to be an uplifting experience. And so people can understand that, look, just because they're immigrants, they're just like us. They really are. And let's give them a little bit of a break because they're coming here. Nobody gives you a manual, you know, okay, day one, you open a bank account. Day two, you go to the DMV and you get a driver's license. Yeah. Nobody told us, nobody told us that you got to do certain things. I mean, we walked everywhere. People thought my mom was a hooker because she would walk to an interview with her cute little tight little black <laughs> pencil skirt and a white button down shirt with a little purse and heels, big heels. You know, and people are honking at her and she, she's like, oh, I guess nobody is walking. People are only walking to exercise. So who right. tells you this stuff? Too you funny. Just, you learn. You learn. You know? feel great, though, to put your stories down on paper because it's like it's your legacy and it's things that you want. You don't want to forget. Right. And you want to put it down on paper. I, I, I can relate to that. I have a book of like short stories and things. Oh, I would love to read that. I would absolutely love. I loved your first book. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That really wasn't the book I was originally going to write, actually. Really? Yeah, I was going to write more about my childhood growing up in New York. That's what I want to hear about. Yeah. I would love to hear more. Have you ever done the National Novel Writing Month? No, I've heard of it, but no. So I did this um, November 2018, I think it was. And I did it because I wanted to have this goal. I wanted to have the pressure of you have 30 days to write as much as possible. So I did, and I pretty much took things I'd written in journal entries and um, and I just took all these things and it became 160 pages of stories. 
Wow. And so just to have all that written down is such a good feeling. I'm sure you can relate to it because it's like, finally, it's in one concise place. You did it. You wrote it down. And it's okay if it's a crappy first draft. I'm sure when I go back and read it, I'll be like, wait, I got to rework this. But just, you know, some people walk around in life and they say, I want to do, I, you know, I want to do, and then they don't do. But isn't it a tremendous feeling to get it done? I mean, look at this. You're an author. It's, it's an amazing feeling. I mean, when the book came, the first, I think I have a video of me opening it and the original one, well, it wasn't the final copy. So it was a lot thinner and it was, it looked different, but I opened it and it was almost like, I'm looking at it. it, I'm in shock, you know, because it was all in here. Yes. And now it's here Yes, <laughs> just to get it out of my head right? and to know that, okay, I did it. This is forever in print. Mm-hmm. It's going to be there for my grandkids, my great grandkids. It's, it's memories. So even, and I kept thinking, even if I sell 10 books, so what this right. is, it's in, right. but now the funny thing is now I have even more stories. So I'm thinking about, doing a new one because every day, you know, when I was about to finish the book, I kept asking my mom every day, any other stories that you can remember, anything else? Because I'm wrapping it up. This is it. I don't want it to be too big. It's about 200 pages. You know, it's fairly thin. I want it. I don't want it to get too big, but if there's any other story that you really want to get in there, no, no, nothing else. I don't remember. Stop asking me. I don't know. Just do it. Now, you know, the other day she calls me, she goes, remember the time that your father almost sold me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's it's a story for the book, but basically they were, uh, you know, back in Soviet Russia, you couldn't really travel outside of Soviet Union. So people just would go to different republics, you know, Georgia, Armenia, Azerbaijan, you know, the South, the North, whatever. So my parents went to Georgia for... It's a beautiful country. They went there. I don't know. It wasn't their honeymoon. It was just vacation. And they were in this fancy restaurant. And a waiter comes over and says, um, a server, I'm sorry, you can't say waiters anymore, comes over and says, excuse me, sir, um, there's a gentleman here that wants to talk to you. And my parents were young. They were just married. My mom was, she looked like Princess Diana, blonde, short hair. She looked dead on Princess Diana. And in Georgia, she's a blonde you know, they didn't know she was Jewish. If they knew she was Jewish, it may have been a different reaction, but she has green eyes, blonde hair. He calls my dad over and he says, Mr. Uh, who's the woman you was? I'd like to buy her. And my dad goes, what? Because they're from the Baltic states. You know, they, yeah. they didn't really treat women the same way, you right. know, in, you know, I don't want to say the South, but whatever you call, you know, that it was a more of a Middle Eastern view of women. Mm-hmm. You know, that they're more of a property. Yes. And my dad thought he was joking. And he said, no, I, 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 I'd I, like to buy her. How much? And my dad's, I'm really sorry. She's not for sale. You know, it's my, we just got married. It's my wife. And he goes, yes. oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. Well, if you change your mind, I'd be here. So my dad goes back. She goes, what happened? And he's like, ah, don't worry about it. Finally, he tells her because they're getting champagne from him. He's sending wine. He paid their bill. Oh, you know, no. And- yeah, so he finally tells her, you know, this gentleman over here, you know, he he he, he offered me money for you. And she goes, what? <laughs> and so I told my dad, I'm like, you know, geez, you messed up. You know, you really missed your opportunity here. <laughs> he goes, yeah. Well, how much I, was he willing to pay? <laughs> well, that's what I'm thinking. What is it going worth? And going I'm like, late. Yeah, he goes, I didn't tell him she Jew. <laughs> you know? I'd get more if she wasn't. 
<laughs> I'm going, okay, that's a story for the next book. Exactly. Or the sitcom you're going to write. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. I, I'm thinking this would be a funny sitcom. I mean, if you think yeah. of all this, you know, the show, the Goldbergs, the fresh off the boat. I mean, yeah. how funny are those shows? And yes. so true to life. I mean, that's real life based on real families. Exactly. You, you, you know what? I have a suggestion because I did this myself. I started, um, I was writing feature scripts, but it's it's a really hard thing to write 110 yeah. pages or so. So, and it would take me a long time. So what I did in COVID in, in the pandemic the past eight months is I would write short scripts. So I'd write 30 to 40 pages, you know, act one, act two, act three. And I can talk to you offline, but this is funny it. if you wrote a pilot well, we're actually been doing something. We've been writing, yeah. So, but you know, from what I hear, it doesn't matter what you write; uh, it's whatever the network wants it to be. They'll end up changing it. Although I wouldn't want to change it, obviously. No. But yeah. I mean, my stories are already so crazy and out there that people think it's exaggerated. I'm like, no, most of them are not. This is sure. really what happened. Yes, you know, my dad hitting. Uh, undercover FBI agent's car and talking to him about the guns in his trunk and the guy's like, you saw nothing. I just, no, 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 I saw Kalashnikov. Well, show me, talk to me. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm not exaggerating. All right, maybe so, it's a play. Maybe, maybe you do a play. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. So we're definitely, we're thinking about love your help, of course. I would love your advice. You you know better about all of this than, than I do. I, I just want to write these funny stories and then Whoever wants to take it from there and turn it into a sitcom, it'd be amazing. I mean, you could do it since we are, you know, here potentially in lockdown. You could do it as an online play. You just, you really, know, why not? I didn't even know that's a thing, but apparently everything is online. People are doing online. all yeah. kinds of things. I mean, I've been doing these comedy shows, which... I, I love. It's been amazing talking to all these, you know, local comedians, and it's. It's been a blast. Yeah, I mean, tell me about that because I didn't get to ask about that. What has that been like? Were you nervous at first? You know, I just when I'm just talking and telling stories, I, I'm not nervous. I I'm nervous to do stand up, which I've tried. And okay. my problem is that once I see an audience and I lock eyes with someone, forget it. I'm done. I I, I have no idea what's happening. I don't right. know where. Am. you know it's just kind of like uh what was yeah. I remind me please yeah. which was kind of funny because you they thought it was part of a show yeah you know and so I've tried that but it wasn't it's not quite my thing doing stand-up I may try it again when this yeah. is all over but doing these um very intimate shows on you know on one-on-one -on, -one on virtually yeah. it's been fun it's just really just like talking to someone and we just start out with one topic and then it ends up being completely something else. So a lot of them have been live. So my whole family would join in in the comments. That was fun. That's my good. kids, as they call it, trolling me in the, in the comments, whatever that means. <laughs> I found out later, you know, um, it was it was very interesting. Yeah, it, it's different. It's very different. But people love it. People love any kind of funny entertainment. Right Are you kidding? We do. We do. And, and it, it may, I've always loved entertaining people that, I mean, my mom always said, you know, I started talking at the age of one in full sentences and she's like, and you never shut up since. You know? <laughs> like, 
I know. Sorry. <laughs> just what I do, you know. Um, I mean, my first conversation with my husband, which this was before pre-online dating, we, you know, we met through JCC. I think you and I talked about it. Yeah. And we literally, he saw my profile on paper and my pictures and I saw his and I was like, eh, I don't know. You know, he had a big Jufro and my friend's like, no, no, you got to talk to him. You got to talk to him. He was holding an Oscar or an Emmy or something. She's like, oh, you got to you got to ask about the story, the story. Okay. So we ended up talking on the phone for five hours about God knows what. That was our first mm-hmm. conversation. He called and I was holding a Coke can. He goes, oh, you know, how you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, you know, I don't know. I'm looking inside a Coke can and it looks like gasoline. Should I be drinking this? So we just went off on that. And um, we shut down whatever restaurant we were in on our first dates, even though it was a horrible date. But I still like talking to him. It was a horrible date? It was a horrible date. So I tell my clients, learn from me because I gave him another chance. Uh, You know, at the time, I keep thinking, well, should I? Should I not? Should I tell him what he did wrong? But this was 1997. And he came to pick me up. I was still living with my parents. I just Mm -hmm. turned 21 just came back from celebrating my birthday in Vegas and he was late. He was half an hour late because he had the Thomas guide. Remember Thomas guide? Oh yes. <laughs> Couldn't find my parents' place. So he no cell phones. Um, he came, he was sweating. He was all red because he had spent the entire day in the golf course and he was attractive, really attractive. <laughs> my dad pulled me aside, you know, before we left, what's wrong with him? I'm like, what do you mean? It's like he hot and red and sweaty. What the hell? What is this? And what's with the hair? Best you can do. Yeah. And he was like, his hair is like, you know, out to here. I'm like, I don't know. I'll find out. And so my parents, they know we're going out to dinner. And my mom, my dad goes, you know, come, come. Um, uh, Jana may, my, my mom's name is Jana. It's real name. Everyone calls her Jane. She made soup this is the middle of the summer. It was actually around Labor Day. It was hot, you know, 90 degrees. Yeah, he come, let's have soup. He, uh, we're going to eat, Dad. We're going to dinner. It's okay. This is it's okay. Just eat some soup. Okay. You know, have some meat and then go to dinner. Like <laughs> <laughs> my big factory wedding. We did. I mean, I, I was like, okay, we'll just sit down for five minutes. Russian parents. Yeah, just oblige. Mm-hmm. And then we left and he forgot to open the car door for me. Or and I then don't looking know. out the window, by the way, right? Right. Yeah. So he, he forgot to close the, open the front door uh, of the restaurant too. Oh. And he made a stupid joke about, you know, if this was my friend, whatever, he'd make you pay half <laughs> as a joke. I'm like, we don't know each other exactly. well enough for you to make that joke. Yes. Yeah. So I'm like, oh no, you I pulled out my wall. I'd take out. He's like, no, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So it was just overall, it was just terrible. It took me to TJ Fridays. Remember TJ Fridays? Ugh. It, it was not great, no. but it was a Monday night and there was nothing else open. Right. So, um, and then he kept calling and calling and sending me chocolates and sending me teddy bears, which I fed to my dog. And you fed the teddy bears to your dog? Yeah, I'm like, you're never talking to this Jew again, you know, <laughs> like, whatever. Um, he needs manners. And I didn't want to really tell him, listen, this is what you did wrong. I had a list, you know, yeah. and he kept calling and calling, asking. Finally, he just said, look, just tell me and I'll leave you alone. Okay. What did I do? I and I did. I remember I was outside 
washing my car actually that day. And I was on the phone. I said, okay, you want to know what you did? Fine. Put the sponge down. All right. Number one, you were late. You didn't call. You, you were half an hour late. He's yeah. like, well, I couldn't find a pay phone to call you. And you look now, like hell. You look like hell. You were sweating. Why? If you know you have a date that night, why do you go to the golf course? Yeah. You get sunburned. No, I mean, who does that? Right. So I told him everything from forgetting to open Good. the car door. Is he receptive? Very. Listen, I think I went on for like an hour. And then he goes, I have to tell you that every woman that I have went out with told me, I don't need you to open the car door for me. We're all feminists now. We're all independent. I can open my own car. I can buy my own drink. I can buy my own dinner. So he said, I really was afraid. I didn't know if you were that type of person. And I, that's just what I thought women liked. Like, no, nobody likes that. I mean, we want you to open the car door. So after that, he said, okay, give me another chance. And I think I made him wait like a month. I ended up going to Canada, visit my family and didn't have any contact with him on purpose. And then I came back and I said, okay, fine. I made him suffer. Yeah. Fine. And, you know, I'm glad I did. I mean, we've been married 22 years. Wow. But that's why I tell people don't judge a book by its cover so quickly. People make mistakes. Yes. Give yeah. them a chance and, and be honest, be upfront, tell them. I agree. I agree. I like that. And if they like you, they'll be receptive to your feedback. Is that why you think maybe you went into being a dating coach? Oh, a hundred percent. I was okay. always setting people up, okay. and, but I was very quick to point out what they were doing wrong as well. Even in high school. Well, you know, I shouldn't call you back. Because you've been looking at this chick over here, you know, while we're at a pep rally or whatever, stop doing that. Pay her attention to her. Very perceptive. Very. I, I know. And I think that's part of the reason why I don't sleep well at night is I am so observant. I'm watching everything all the time. I can tell you if a couple, four tables over is having a fight. I can tell. I, and I, I've always been able to read lips as well. I think partially because my hearing is not great. So I can tell what's happening. And I know they're on a first date. They've been married for a long time. I know when someone's going to break up, whether they're going to make it or not. I don't know if it's this intuition, this gut feeling, but I always wanted to set people straight because I felt like they would do so much better Mm -hmm. and they would be able to find that person and they would stop being single because a lot of times they just don't know what they're doing. Who really sure. teaches you, right? How to court a woman, how to how to please a woman, how to how to date, really. So mm-hmm. I love that aspect of it. Um, I can't say that I'm enjoying matchmaking so much right now after all these years, because mm-hmm. especially in Orange County, it's yeah. very difficult to please people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People have high expectations. You think they're very unrealistic with their expectations? A hundred percent. Two hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it's a lot of, you know, these things where uh, I'm in a big network of other matchmakers. So we're seeing uh, it's a private group and they constantly ask about, look, I have a client. Can somebody help me? Do you have a match for so-and-so? He's this age. He wants this. And it's always 
60-year-olds asking for 30-year-olds, you know, 50-year-olds wanting children, again, second family. And it's very, it's very sexist still. Men are still getting the younger women and it's still hard for women to date younger men. Sure. It's unfortunate, but especially in Orange County, it's, it's very shallow. I'm not saying all people are, but it, it, there's a lot of unrealistic expectations. Yeah. So I have to bring them down a bit. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Amazing. Now, when you um, when did you come from Russia? When you were little? I was thirteen. I just thir- turned thirteen. Yeah. You came right to California. Yes, Orange County. Just wow. crazy. Yeah. Most people go to New York, Boston, you know, other LA, and but yes, we came straight to Orange County because my mom had a relative here. Okay. So uh, it, yeah, we it was a shock. I mean coming from a big city, metropolitan city to Orange County in the suburbs where all you see is cars going back and forth. Right. You don't see people. That was a shock. Like, what do you mean we can't just walk down the street to the store? Yes. Yeah. Unbelievable. I feel like now, right now is time people are really dialing into um, what a meaningful relationship really is because looks come and go. It's really substance. I mean, for me, it's always been what's between the ears. I, right. I, you know, you can date somebody that's really attractive, but what do they have going on up here has always mattered to me because I think it could be so boring otherwise. That's my personal take. And a lot of relationships are like that because people mm-hmm. do get together for the wrong reasons. People marry for the wrong reasons. Right. And, um, it's, it's harder these days to find those people that truly want substance. Yes. They may tell me they do, but later I find out that, no, that's not what you want because when they keep rejecting each match and I have so many people, it's not just men, it's women as well. They just keep saying no, 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 no to potential people. And I go back to them and I say, look, when we met, when we talked about this, you told me you want the right partner for you. You wanted love. You wanted to be able to have a conversation with someone. You wanted someone intelligent. You wanted substance, but you keep rejecting every person that I present to you that has substance that you can actually have a conversation with. Let's talk about that. Why is that? And then you get to the root of the problem. It's almost like you're a therapist, Julia. Oh, I know I couldn't be because I, I would be a terrible therapist. My my whole coaching technique is you're an idiot. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter with you? <laughs> you know, like my, my grandma would say, you know, what's what, 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 you know, schmuck. What, what are you doing? I mean, you know what's wrong with you. Know? It. Stop. Then stop. So yeah. I would not make a good therapist. But I think a lot of people sometimes need to be snapped out of it. They do. Sometimes you know, that tough love, they need to hear that. No, honey, you're not going to get a 30 year old to have a second family with. And you're not going to date women with young boys because that's pedophile ish. You know, don't be asking for that. And they don't even think that it sounds weird. They, oh, that's why they're not calling me back. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just love kids. You think? (laughs) Just say that. Don't say with young children, preferably boys. You, my boys. Well, I just get along better with you know with males. Okay, keep that to yourself. Right. 
So it's it's just guiding them into the right, you know, profile, the right way to say things. They're yes. the wrong because people put whatever is on their mind. They they don't really have a filter. Okay, let's read this back and see how it sounds. Does it sound okay? Mm, maybe not. So sometimes I have to literally take over and put together a whole profile. And if they send me their online dating profile, I look at it and sometimes I'm just in shock that this is what you put on there. Well, no wonder you're still single. So a lot of times it's just guiding them. That's good. That's good. And I think you give them a chance to uh, self-reflect. It sounds like really get a sense of, Hey, this is the message. This is the persona that you're giving off. Right. That, that's a really good word because I, that's exactly what I'm trying to do mm-hmm. It's just kind of put a mirror to what they're putting out there and say, uh-huh. hmm, do you think this is right to say, do you think this is right to wish or put out there? Yes. And then when they kind of sit back and, oh, okay, that's what it comes off as. That's okay. what I sound like. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that come to me and it's just so funny because they'll say, oh, I'm the most positive person you'll ever meet. I'm the most outgoing person you'll ever meet. And then I'm sitting there like pulling words out of their mouth. Uh-huh. And all they've been talking about for an hour of our consultation and is how depressed they are, how unlucky they are, how negative, just everything, negative, negative, negative. And I'm thinking, so everything you just said to me, where's the positivity that you talk about? Right. Where's the outgoing? You, I've been pulling words out of your mouth. Yeah. You know, I my consultations are now long. Sometimes I have to end it after 20 minutes because I literally want to bang my head against the wall. Like anything else you want to tell me about yourself? No, no, I think that's it. You know, I'm like, well, that sounds very interesting. You work out. That's it. And you go to work. (laughs) Give me something. Give me something you know, lie to me. I mean, I don't know at this point. (laughs) If if you're bored by their conversation, then imagine that someone else will be. And the other thing is sometimes when people bring their baggage to the conversation, some people don't know how to have a conversation with a stranger. So imagine, and I remember dating in Boston and going out with some guy and all he did was talk about his ex and how sad he was. And I thought, okay, this is the first and last date with you because you need a therapist, you know? Right. It's it's, I think sometimes people feel that if they say what bothered them about the past relationship, that they'll weed out the wrong people. Well, if she knows I hated this, then she'll make sure not to do that. No, she'll just walk on eggshells for the rest of the relationship because she'll remember what you said and she'll try to avoid that subject or never bring up whatever it is you said bothered you. So it's, and other people just be completely turned off. It's exactly what you said. It's, it's, Something and I have rules. You don't talk about your ex on the first date or second date or third date. You don't talk about politics. You don't talk about controversial things and negative things. I mean, who you're there to get to know each other. Why do you need to bring up your ex? All you have to say is we're divorced. We're amicably divorced. We have a great relationship. We co-parent, whatever. That's it. Ended there. But people tend to go even more, you know? bashing their ex and talking about the most inappropriate things. Well, she didn't like sex or she didn't want this or she didn't. Nobody needs to know that it's, it's a turnoff. It's really a turnoff. It really is. And and when people give you a glimmer of themselves in that light, then it's, 
it's a huge turnoff. Yeah. And it's showing their character. Right. Where can people find out more about you? Uh, my website, definitely everything is on my website. It's matchbyjulia.com. Okay. Uh, they can even purchase my book there if they want, or the audiobook version is on Audible, on Amazon Audible as well. Um, my website is just, it's a huge source of information. I've compiled it over the years. So I really, really urge people to look through it and read through it and watch the videos because I go in depth about the process, how it works and where to start. Uh, but you know, people are lazy and they, they call me anyway, tell me about it. I don't have days to explain to it's all on the website. All there. Right. Yeah. So exactly. definitely. Yeah. So matchbyjulia.com. Okay. Any last bit of advice for people that are feeling really down right now? They're single, they're just, yeah. You know, my advice is always, uh, I know it's easy to go to this place, to this negative place, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You Thank have you. to see it that this cannot last forever. This, the vaccine is already here. People are getting it. The more people get it, the better off we'll all be. So you can't stop your life. You can't, you can't stop dating altogether. You can't keep saying, I'll wait till this is over. I'll wait till I get the vaccine because you're just, you're going to stay longer that single that much longer. You can't stop your life just because there's a pandemic. I mean, it's, you have to be safe and you have to continue believing in the positive. You know, there's a huge mind, you know, if your mind is positive, things, positive things will happen to you. I know I'm not saying in the right, whatever the phrase is, but it's true. If you it think positive, it is true. Positive things will happen. You bet. And I think it's very easy to get wrapped up in the negative. It's really easy to start spiraling right. out of control, right. but don't call me and we'll work on it. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this. I know we went a little longer than we planned, but this has been great. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I always love talking to you. You too.